Hi everyone, I'm your host, Daniel Lee, and welcome to OMD Daily, a podcast about investing in people. Every Monday to Friday, I share with you what I learned the day before from studying people and companies through conversations, whether it's through interviewing investors and business leaders, to reading books and financial reports, and digesting learnings from all the other storytelling mediums out there. The goal is to build my own PhD in combining human performance with investing to figure out how I can help leaders build utopian companies. By exploring my own curiosity, I hope to become a little wiser every day and hope this adds a little nugget of learning to you on a daily basis. Well, hello, welcome to OMD Daily. This is the July 6, 2020 episode, and today I will be talking about a book review of the book called Reboot by Jerry Colonna. Let me grab the book just a second. Okay, I, I wanted to grab the book because you know how books have a title and then they have a, I don't know, a subtitle? I figured I should read that too. So this, the book is called Reboot, Leadership and the Art of Growing Up, and it's by Jerry Colonna. Um, if you're not familiar with um, Jerry, he is the he's one of the co-founders of a I guess you call it a coaching slash consulting company called Reboot. And his background is he was a venture capitalist, a venture capital investor at Flatiron Partners. So he co-founded that with um, Fred Wilson, who I believe runs Union Union Square Ventures right now. But before being a VC, um, Jerry was a I think he was a editor for a technology magazine. Um, so he was like a journalist and yeah, he's had a pretty success, I'll say, yeah, relatively successful career making, you know, good enough money working with a lot of entrepreneurs as a VC. Um, I think after Flatiron, he ended up joining Morgan Stanley and running their kind of private equity VC group. Um, and then left it all, went on his own kind of journey of radical self-inquiry and then ended up forming what is now Reboot, but he kind of slowly started coaching entrepreneurs and he's kind of called the CEO whisperer by people and he's also known as the guy who makes entrepreneurs cry on his podcast. So I learned about him. I think the initial contact happened or initial uh, discovery process happened either from learning about Kehi, who is the founder of Rad Reads. And I think Kay had an episode on Jerry Colonna's podcast. I think the podcast is also called Reboot. And I thought that was really fascinating. So I learned more about Jerry. And then I also learned about him deeper through um, my interest in Gimlet, Gimlet Media. And there's a podcast called Startup, where it was this meta podcast about um, Gimlet's own journey of, you know, um, or Alex Bloomberg, the co-founder of Gimlet, his journey of starting Gimlet. And it was a podcast about starting a podcasting company. And I think Jerry was a coach for Alex as well. And there's an episode where Jerry walks through with Alex on just kind of the problems of entrepreneurship and all that. And since then, I've been a big fan of Jerry's podcast, the the Reboot podcast, practically listen to every episode out there. And yeah, um, like he kind of does the work that I dream about doing. And so when this book came out, it was um, something I just had to read. And like always, I'll talk about the one-sentence summary. And the way I would summarize it is, it's a thought-provoking book on the value of radical self-inquiry for a person, but also the organization he leads through the coaching and story of the VC-turned-CEO whisperer, Jerry Colonna. 
my rating on Time of the Review is that this is a thinker. It's a reference book for the questions that it has. Um, it needs to be read at the right time, like most books. That'll make the difference of whether it's a 3 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10. So for me, I think I read it at the right time in my life. That made it an 8 out of 10. But I could totally see a case where someone just reads it because, I don't know, maybe you get it as a gift or something, and it could just be not very valuable for you at all. So I think... The timing is very crucial. Um, so yeah, once again, um, like all my book reviews, I'm just going to go over the kind of key high-level points and the full excerpt will be provided in my website, omdventures.com. And yeah, you can just find it in the book list. You can find it as part of the show notes for the podcast episode, specifically all the fun stuff. And this might be a little different from the past book reviews because I find that the book itself is its really kind of, um, it's a continuous encompassing nature of Jerry's own journey. So he constantly talks about his own upbringing, um, his work with various, I guess, clients of his, um, and uses those kind of anecdotal uh, evidence, stories, etc. to portray a particular point. And... So I think there's, it's, it's one of those things I've, I found it difficult to take notes of because it's kind of like the whole story's embedded inside each chapter. So it can be challenging to overlay what the key lessons are. So what I did instead is I think a lot of my notes um, include all these very powerful questions that Jerry uses with his clients. And I think the reason why the book was so impactful for me is because sometimes it kind of feels like a workbook because at the end of each chapter, there's all these questions that uh, Jerry kind of asks the reader. And I honestly, the at the end of every chapter, it's just filled with my own writing of um, what I thought, my own um, introspection. And also for more context, um, I read this book, I think, I think I read it in the summer of 2019. I think that's when I read it. Um, I read it relatively um, uh, right after the book was released. Um, I was already in contact with a coach from the Reboot team, and I was told that the book would come out, and so I was kind of looking forward to it. And it came at a time when I was in the mood to introspect and kind of figure out what the next part of my journey would be. And so this was very helpful for that. And so that's kind of the context I want to give, where that was where my mind was at and that's why it was very helpful and very impactful for me and even when I look back on it um, a lot of the notes and thoughts I took um, that I'll share today came from that kind of period in my life where um, I was still trying to figure things out still trying to discover constantly just going on the journey but also just really in the position of desiring answers um, and just kind of getting frustrated at just just the whole process of why is it so hard why is um yeah, why why is life so unclear? That's kind of the, the the view. So now that's a long enough intro, I guess. Diving in, um, the introduction I'd say has a very important segment that kind of provides a great overlay that I think is a great reference. I mentioned that in the one sentence summary that this book is a this will probably be for me a reference book of great questions, and I'll list off the kind of nine particular chapter-focused uh, questions here. 
and this might be fun for you to even think about and even hearing about it might be might trigger some things for you so i'm just gonna riff off all the questions okay so the first question is <clears throat> how did my relationship to money first get formed and how does it influence the way i work as an adult what was the belief system around money and work that i grew up with how can i lead with the dignity courage and grace that are my birthright how can I use even the loss of status and the challenge to my self-esteem that are inherent in leadership to grow into the adult I, I want to be in the world? In what ways have I depleted myself, run myself into the ground? Where am I running from and where to? Why have I allowed myself to be so exhausted? Who is the person I've been all my life? What can that person teach me about becoming the leader I want to be? What was the story of my family told me about being real, being vulnerable, being true. Why do I struggle so much with the folks in my life? Why are relationships so difficult? What am I not saying to my co-founder, my colleague, my family members, my life partner that really needs to be said? What's my purpose? Why does it feel I'm lost while I struggle to move forward? How do I grow, transform, and find meaning? And I think these are kind of the core questions that I thought were very like impactful. Um, and they're kind of overlaid throughout the book. Uh, and they're also some of them are part of like the end of chapter exercises as well. But these are kind of big questions. I think though the book is short, it's one of those books where it can take a long time to finish because I think the questions can lead to a lot of um, self-provoking thought. And I'm going to now move to, I believe, chapter two. So chapter two, I think, has <clears throat> another set of really powerful questions that I want to talk, that I'll share. And maybe I'll, it's kind of like I'm asking you these questions, so maybe you can pause it and think about it too. So some pretty powerful questions are, what do you really believe? What values do you hold? What kind of company do you want to build? And what kind of adult do you want to be? I think this is part of a continuous thread of examining the underlying beliefs and intentions that drive like mistaken error. Um, because it's never, I feel, in many situations, it's never about figuring out whether you were right or you know maybe your co-founder was right or who was wrong about making a particular decision. But it's always focusing on what has. What needs to be learned? Like if you made a decision, um, kind of dig digging into why that happened. And that the underlying kind of first principle is the idea that um, you have all these core beliefs that, and it's more so understanding, do you know what those beliefs are? And analyzing how the values you have can actually impact how you think about the world, how you'll make certain decisions. And so the chapter focuses on um, the kind of various I think, clients that Jerry's worked with and using their experience as um, continuous examples of trying to, trying to think about everything. And I'm just going to read a quote from the book. Um, Jerry says, Self-doubt convinces us that there's a magic path, and if we can only find and follow the yellow brick road, we'll end up safe, warm, and happy. Successful leaders, beloved adults, retiring in millionaire acres at the end of the game of life, and will never be hungry, cold, alone, or afraid again. And end quote. And this is the illusion that Jerry points out that people um, kind of really have, where the the self doubt is kind of this part of us, um, this kind of fearful part that 
believe that there's an answer to everything um, and that there's this path that everything's going to work out. But the reality of life is that it's really messy. And there's a part of us that wants part of us that wants to probably shield us from all that and it's really trying to accept that it's going to be messy and it's not going to be pleasant but that that's probably what the journey really requires moving on to chapter three mm. oh there's a really key question here that i want to share so i think this is a question that at least when i think about it, it's something that i can always ask myself um the question goes what am i not saying that needs to be said that's it but I think that's a really good question to think about. Um, anytime something feels off or uh, you just feel uneasy about something, it's just asking yourself, what am I not saying that needs to be said? And it's a possible indication of, um, yeah, it's like, it's like forcing yourself to be honest, right? It's forcing yourself to be honest and really look into like how you actually feel about something. And that could actually be like blurting out like yeah i don't think i want to be at this job anymore um like that was that was what happened to me um when i was working at my previous job at you know at an investment fund when i just blurted out um to my girlfriend that i was unmotivated and i don't think i'll be staying at this job much longer and when i said that it was very freeing and it was very like weird and also kind of upsetting to admit it but i think that was the things that I really needed, I needed to say that I just wasn't saying. What else? Mm. There's definitely more questions in this chapter, but I think that was the most important uh, question to ask yourself. And this is just a really short quote, but it's kind of a reminder where Jerry says, things are always falling apart, always, <laughs> end quote. And it's, I think it, it came out where he was talking with um, another entrepreneur who was just kind of struggling and just having a hard time dealing with all these challenges and just wanting to make things perfect. And the reality is that nothing will ever work out. And the faster you accept it, the less um, it'll probably surprise you and shit never works out and shit hits the fan. Um, maybe, this, maybe you never ever get comfortable with that, but at least you start when you start accepting that things are never supposed to go in a linear fashion, then you'll be okay. You'll, you'll kind of be at peace with your mind. Um, let's see. Moving on to chapter five. I think this was a pretty, this was personally, personally for me, a pretty impactful chapter. Um, the key story here is like Jerry goes through his troubled childhood to dissect meaning and purpose that was embedded in the conditions of his childhood. So he uses that is a way to share how one must come to understand the causes and conditions of his childhood to gain an understanding for how that has shaped his current belief systems as an adult. It's, I don't know if you, if this is Fro like a Freudian kind of viewpoint, if we think about psychology, but it is kind of looking at the underlying, um, how, who the environment we were in as children kind of shaped a certain kind of belief system and how that, impacts who we are now early on in the book jerry talks about this kind of model where i think it's not a scientific thing he also knows it's not scientific it's more so kind of anecdotal but um from his time working with entrepreneurs he notes how most entrepreneurs especially the ones who become entrepreneurs at a young age um grew up in either a family circumstance or just 
um, a time in their life where they've had they were forced to become adults extremely early and so it could be that they you know came from a household where their parents got separated or slash divorced early and so the absence of one parent meant that the child had to step up and take on more of an adult role and so then they that would be one particular um environment construct that pushes the kid to become an entrepreneur really early because they've had to develop this leadership technique very early in their life um, another could be just various circumstances that force the child to be in child to become very independent um, on their own whether i don't know it could be they were kind of an outcast or from bullying or whether they um, were put into constantly new environments that they had to adapt to and they never kind of felt safe so they had to learn to fend for themselves all these things but it's the idea this is a continuous theme in the book the importance of looking back at your childhood and and understanding um what happened then that probably impacts how you view the world now and so yeah this was quite an important chapter for me because i ended up deeply examining my own childhood and like i um, I think I've wrote about this before too, but I've had a pretty, I'd say, kind of estranged, kind of tough relationship with my own father. Um, and that was also kind of combined with how I think for me, I've had pretty, uh, like I have very strong memories of um, having to be independent and very, being very alone when I like first immigrated to Hong Kong from South Korea. Like I had to have, live there for a period without uh, my mother so kind of fending for myself I didn't even speak English so that was also even more difficult um, and I've also kind of like although I think in university and high school I was a very studious very you know classic type A overly ambitious child um, early on in my life all I remember is constantly getting the feedback that I'll never amount to anything and that I was um, very unintelligent and I was always con- the, uh, I'd say kind of more the, the laggard in the class. Like I was the, the straight C student and I was never um, the high achiever in any case. And so I always got very negative feedback from everyone around me saying I would never amount to anything and this was just kind of the best I would do and that I was not very smart at all. And so this these were all these kinds of, I think, emotions and thoughts that kind of, that kind of came up from this chapter, especially because of the questions that are asked and also because Jerry kind of goes through his own introspective process with you in the chapter. And so I went through it myself and it actually became a very important chapter because I think probably after I read it, I ended up sitting down with my parents and kind of walking them through all the kind of trauma that I had in my life and kind of explaining to them um, all the stuff that happened, I guess, you know, 20 years ago and how that has impacted uh, how I think about the world and how um, I think that impacted how I behave and why I'm so independent and why I have such a difficult time accepting authority um and how why i'm always out there to kind of prove people wrong all the time and the fact is that it's gotten me much closer with my family now i think than it ever could have but this was a very important chapter in kind of realizing um the value of looking deep into like what um what the traumas were what um are the negative memories that i have and actually having a discussion about it because the reality is that when I talk about it with my parents when I was experiencing these kind of negative emotions 
they were the same age that I am now. So in in that aspect, it's I, I, like, you know, they tried the best that they could. And it's just so hard for me to fault them in any way. And now it's just more we have a much stronger relationship. And this was a very pivotal chapter in helping me do that. And I think having a much stronger bond with my own family. So very personal for me, but uh, I think this is a pretty important chapter, chapter five, that might be helpful for other people too, if you ever got the book and decide to read it. Moving on to chapter six. I had a lot of notes for chapter six, I think, out of all the chapters. Um, I'll read a few quotes from the book. So the first one is, we're also desperate to move up and to the right. We're convinced that any motion that isn't straight, direct, up and to the right is somehow not part of the path. What if being lost is part of the path? What if feeling lost, directionless, and uncertain of the progress is an indicator of growth? What if it means you're exactly where you need to be on the pathless path? End quote. And I think this was very crucial for me to read because it's it's like a complete kind of eureka um, reframe moment for me when I read it because he kind of, it's just say, saying something as like the pathless path. Like there is no uh, end. There, it's not... Um, a path like you're not life isn't about being on a path that leads to something the idea is to just focus on the present and to focus on the kind of incremental uh steps that you take but accepting that they're really that you're on a pathless path is i think extremely um freeing might be the word but it's the idea to no longer focus on the linear progression and how that's once again an illusion and a folly that doesn't exist. The idea is that if you continuously focus on the incremental step that you take, um, when you look back in hindsight, it might look linear, but it never is. And the, intent, the reality is that you have to accept that it never should be a linear uh, progression when you're actually in it. The next quote I want to read um, is, A map is a poor substitute for a life lived. The truest guide isn't the mind of a guru, but your broken, scarred, and scared, lonely heart. This continues from the previous point, um, and I think this is, is kind of is the overall message of the chapter, of two, which I interpreted as being focusing on the present and taking the incremental steps, not trying to plan everything out. And I think this was the chapter where Jerry works with um, a colleague of his to help him figure out this existential question of what do you do with your life <laughs> and jerry talks about how it's not about defining the end goal and how he and jerry walks through his career and how it's never panned out the way he intended to be um but just continuously incrementally focusing on being approximately right instead of precisely wrong everybody wants to be precisely right but that's not possible so you want to focus on being approximately right which means you take incremental steps you can't map out everything um, you have to just follow the path and sometimes, yeah, you'll probably go through a lot of pain and that's normal. And I'll just kind of end off this chapter on this quote. Work, our careers, our professions, our jobs is neither the blissful expression of deep purpose nor the dreadful obligation that stands in the way of being ourselves. Work is an opportunity for a daily realignment of the inner and outer, a daily do-over of life expressed with integrity. Two particular models I want to pull out from this quote is one, um, work is a, is a way to examine and discover yourself. And I know it sounds cliche, but 
that's what really it is. Um, it's not something, and something Jerry stresses is, it's not something that you say, it's like, oh, I have a purpose, and I'm just going to do this. But it's through the work that you end up becoming closer to what you think your life's mission slash purpose, et cetera, all that is. It's not something where purpose isn't something you just go on a path to discover. Um, it just kind of, I think, organically forms through just continuously doing the work that actually makes sense to you. That's the most important thing. It's not just doing random work. Um, it's actually doing work and slowly taking the incremental steps to directionally go down the path that you believe is right. And I think this is where the gut feeling that I believe is really powerful comes into um, play. And the second mod- second thing about this um, quote that I want to talk about is the idea of a do-over, how every day is kind of a do-over. Because I, I struggle with this um, because sometimes I will look back on the past. Not sometimes, quite often I look back on the past and you know I regret about how I wasn't as effective or I should have been more efficient, you know, just in everything, my career, my education, everything. And yeah, there's always these what ifs and there's always these regrets. But I think this quote um, and this particular chapter addresses the important point of always reminding yourself of how every day is a new day. Every day is kind of a do over. And because you're the only one in control of your own life, you have to be the one that can give permission to just start over again and just make sure that at least for today, maybe for even the week, you are directionally going the right way um, in a way that you believe uh, is true to yourself. And that's kind of it for that chapter. Um, Let's see, what else? Chapter 7, there's one particular quote um, I want to share with you from the book. The pain of hating our own creation is a consequence of our investing too much of our sense of being into the company, the product, the creation. When we hang our sense of self on the whisper of an idea, when we unwittingly insist that our love, safety, and belonging depend on what we do, and most important, how others feel about our feelings, our actions, and our work, then we leave little space for anything other than bitter existential suffering. End quote. And this is pretty important for me um, because... As I said, I read this book, uh, I think, 2019 summer. So I was already a year into kind of building OMD Ventures and doing all this kind of, I guess, producing the content, producing podcasts, my writing, etc. And it's really hard not to take it personally. Uh, anything, Anytime, you know, you, things just don't go your own way. Um, and also how what you produce interacts with the external world. It's really hard not to take it personally. But it's, I think this quote clearly clearly thinks makes you think about the identity um aspect where people attach their identity to various things like your title um your education your background maybe even your race your ethnicity and even your religion and there's i don't know who said it but there's kind of another cliche term where you actually want to hold your identity quite loosely just kind of like an opinion and I think it's really important to not um, be identify so strongly with so many kind of external things because like one example is like, yeah, like I, if I held really strongly to the identity of like, yeah, like I, you know, was an overachiever in school and I had, I was one of the top students and um, I've always worked in top prestigious companies. And so I am supposed to be this kind of person. 
I think that is a very limiting identity. Um, and it's kind of like I'm making all my future decisions based on a past identity of who I was, but not being able to let go of any of that, I think limited me at least early on in my journey. And it still is something that I continuously, I think, work with. And it's only, I think, after not having um, gone to some kind of like full-time job, you know, in that kind of uh, the on the paycheck drug and kind of detoxing away from that for the last few years that I think I feel much comfortable with kind of letting all that go. But it's, it's, it's a big kind of identity thing. Um, and this particular chapter talks deeply about that, letting all that go and kind of also looking into why you hold such a um, identity so strongly why do you hold the identity of like wearing like a power suit so strongly why do you hold the identity of um, having some kind of managerial title so strongly like what does that all mean like why do you care about a designation it doesn't like what does it mean to you and it's once again a book kind of examining all that and for me it's also been very pivotal and kind of freeing myself from all that where yeah like I don't really care about any, my designations anymore I don't care about the titles I held um, I don't care about not wearing a suit anymore I don't feel as bad going to a coffee shop in financial district and everyone is wearing a suit and I'm just in a v-neck and I used to feel very self-conscious but I think over time after I read this book um, I became more comfortable with everything and I'll kind of finally end up with um, a few quotes from chapter nine the first quote goes, each of us is an artist of our days. The greatest are integrity. Sorry, I'll read, it. I'll read it again. Each of us is an artist of our days. The greater our integrity and awareness, the more original and creative our time will become. John O. Donahue. So this is a poet that um, Jerry continuously quotes in his book, and this is a, a quote by him. And I thought this was a pretty important quote because it addresses kind of the, the kind of final overlaying point of the book. Um which is that, uh, and Jerry studies like all these kind of great writers throughout the book. And the underlying unifying point of all these great writers is that they're all writing a story that is their own. And that's why the stories are so powerful. It's because you're writing a story that's truly your own, that is very authentic, and you're not writing a story for someone else to read. Um, you're not writing a story to impress somebody else. And the idea is to continuously think about that when you are crafting your own life, when you're crafting your own um, writing, etc. And the way to do that is to read a lot of great stories. And I think the simple idea for me that I got was, yeah, that's why reading a lot is really important. You want to read far and read wide and read often um, because you want to hear a lot of various perspectives of other people telling their stories. And only through that, I think, you can think about creating your own. I think the path of most creators and artists is that you first start by copying and imitating until you eventually find your style. And finally, I'll end it up with this final quote. Tell me what success and failure means for you and we can use your answers to chart a path. Tell me if after imagining your children working for your company, you feel shame, fear, or pride and I'll tell you if you're building a worthwhile company, end quote. It's kind of tying everything back together um, because although this book was very powerful for me to figure out much of myself, um, and that was kind of the idea behind me starting to read it, but it's still kind of, it's still a book I think that is very important to connect with why this matters, 
like why introspection matters, why self-inquiry matters. And it really matters, especially for people who lead companies and organizations, because a leader who fails to do that is going to create a company that has a bunch of people that work under who've all failed to do that too. Um, a leader who doesn't understand why they do what they do and have a good understanding of their own internal systems is going to create a superficial company, just like who they are, a superficial being. Um, and so, yeah, I think this was a, this is a very kind of important quote to kind of end it all off, to kind of note how, yeah, why it's so important um, for leaders to start looking deep inside themselves and do the self-inspection introspection work required although it might sound very fluffy and soft um, honestly that's really what makes people human um, is really doing all that kind of deep work and examining yourself I think that's much more important than any kind of quantitative data work that's really out there like that's why we have computers and that's why we build all kinds of tools to solve all that because that's not really our forte as people so that's it for today. Uh, I hope this was interesting. I hope this was fun. I hope this was informative. And yeah, if you want to read a little more about like the notes I took, um, this is slightly different because it's less, less uh, focused on, I think, I don't know, factual stuff, but more so a lot of thoughts and a lot of kind of questions to use for your own self. So check out, check out my book notes. But yeah, like go on Amazon and buy the book if you want or just... Maybe even just to get an idea of what who Jerry Colonna is, just look up his name on your podcast listening stuff and listen to his podcast um, to get an idea of his story because it it's always more powerful, I think, when you have that kind of context. Yep, so thanks for tuning in, and yeah, hope to have you back on the show again tomorrow. Take care.